Hi guys, I'm Sarah Brown. You're listening to Stuart Pink on Phoenix FM. Yes, it is. I am delighted to say that Zooming onto the show is a woman who's been all around the world on tour and has a voice I'd describe as a voice of brilliant things. The incredible Sarah Brown. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Stuart. (laughs) How are you? Thanks for joining us. What's going on? What's going on is, wow, it's quite manic, actually. Um, There's two things happening, big things happening for me right now. I'm getting ready to go back out on the road with my my family, Simple Minds. And then I'm also um, getting ready to perform the body of works for this wonderful little project of mine, Mahalia Jackson. So it's um, it was Sarah Brown sings Mahalia Jackson. Um, and of course, oh, wow. the 27th um, of January um, is the launch of the single. So, uh, and, and it's, we're launching it really to, just to commemorate 50 years now that Mahalia Jackson um, has, has left us. Um, she, to me, is the queen of gospel and to everyone else who knows her, she's the queen of gospel, but she's also the queen of rock and roll. uh, Mahalia was rocking and rolling people around in the aisles with her voice um, as early as 10 years old, I'm sure. Her voice was and still remains a legacy. Um, uh, She connected with me or I connected with her when I was about six years old. My sister was a great fan of Mahalia. And so there were albums of hers in the house and I would listen to her all the time. Um, So now the fact that I've been brave enough, Stuart, to share with, you know, some people, share, share with people my heart, which is this woman helped to culture my sound. I've worked with so many great phenomenal artists I really have and I'm grateful to my career uh, for that for giving me that experience um, but I have to say the woman that has taught me the most is Mahalia Jackson and that's why I had to do this album to tribute her because whenever I've been down whenever I've been happy I can listen to Mahalia and she just takes me up even more to a higher level so you know, that lifts you. and that's why I'm so busy now, because I'm not just getting ready to tour with Simple Minds come March, but I'm also getting ready to tour, um, certainly to tour with some lovely shows that we aim to put in the diary for May and June. Hopefully I'll be able to get that done during the downtime of Simple Minds. Yeah. So obviously Mahalia is a huge influence on you growing up and, and your introduction into music. Uh, no coincidence, I'm guessing then that you're, you're back in Jamaica visiting mum uh, from a beautiful location. Uh, go back to your roots. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, both parents are Jamaican. Um, I love Jamaican food. I speak Jamaican, the, the Jamaican language. I understand the rhythm. And I would say, actually, the backdrop, the musical backdrop to this sort of touches on what was perhaps coming out of the Caribbean during that time. So the musical backdrop, the time that I've given it is um, early ragtime, early blues and spiritual. 
well, I'm kind of flirting with that area. Um, and it really is a flirt. So for those of you with music geniuses and purists, please don't call me up and beat me up about it. <laughs> I'm just saying I was influenced by those, it, it, that time. And yeah. I tried to bring some of that out in the music of this uh, project. Um, so, yeah. So it's wonderful. You're, you're sort of taking a little bit of each of your, your kind of heritage and lots of stuff you were listening to growing up. Do you yeah. come from a musical family with your family singers and musicians as well? I do, I do come from a musical family. My, my father, unbeknown to me, my mother didn't actually tell me this as a child growing up, but she told me much later um, that my father actually was a lovely singer. Oh. He would go around singing you know, um, hymns at the top of his voice. And if you knew my father, you would say, no way did Charlie Brown sing. <laughs> you know, he's such a drink. He loves to drink. He loves the woman and he loves a party. Yeah. Um, so the idea that he would be going around singing beautiful songs, um, Jim Reeves songs and hymns and so on, you'd be like, no way. Um, <laughs> Secret so, rock star. <laughs> I have learned that there was a bit of a, there was more than a singer in my dad. And also my mother um, wanted to be a, a, a singer herself, but her mother, my grandmother was very, very strict and didn't feel that it was the right path for my mother to go down. So as a result of that, ah. she's a frustrated singer, if you like, she's a frustrated entertainer. She allowed me, thank goodness, to spread my wings and and fly so i'm grateful to her amazing i'm sure she's incredibly proud now to go along and see you doing your thing yeah <laughs> i think she is um, my mother doesn't give a great deal away um she's um <laughs> typically um jamaican in that way you know she's very humble um and she wouldn't want me to be a show-off in any way uh, but i think there is the fine line between confidence and showing off, you know, I've had to develop and learn that, Stuart, that actually um, I have got to be my biggest fan and I have got to be my biggest investor. And if I don't invest in me and tell me, come on, Sarah, put that foot forward, I will always only ever be 20 foot from where I should be. Um, and so... Thankfully, with the help of people like Jim Kerr, Charlie Burchill from Simple Minds and my other colleagues within Simple Minds and Roxy Music, Brian was so instrumental in encouraging me to do this. Do you know what, Stuart? I've heard my voice and I've said, yeah, come on, don't be afraid. Not everybody's going to like this, but it doesn't matter. Do it because it makes you happy. And hopefully my joy will make someone happy. You know, and I'm glad that I'm doing it. it I'm blink. It's made me blinking busy. I'm bloody busy. <laughs> Squeeze it all in. That's terrific <laughs> advice, busy. though, to uh, to kind of push yourself forward a bit more each time. I guess someone in your position, having worked with lots of people, it's easy to to enjoy going along on tour and enjoy the process. But you kind of you strike me as someone who's always got that little bit of drive and a little bit of passion to push a bit further yeah absolutely you know i started out um working in a factory a hat factory um in luton and um actually <laughs> i was bored after the first day but i felt <laughs> trapped there was nothing else that i could do my um exams my exam results 
led me down that path and there was nowhere else for me to go. So I, um, after a couple of years of mind bogglingly bored and out of my senses and just thought, I can't do this any longer. <laughs> I decided I was going to go to uh, a teacher training college. An opportunity arose for black teachers. They, the, the, the education system was asking for more black teachers. Yeah. So I put myself forward and I passed the exams and was able to go through to teacher training. And, you know, I did it for two years and thought, I don't like this. I don't actually want to be standing in a, in a class with a load of children screaming at me. It's a I tough job. I can only imagine. <laughs> I, admire, I admire nurses and I admire teachers. And if it's your calling, you, you, will, you will stick it out and you're great at it. I actually met a brilliant professor on that course who said to me, Sarah, we know that you don't want to do this. We know. Well, <laughs> why don't you go and sing? That was the professor on the course. Wow. He said to yeah. me, go and sing. And that was like a voice from the universe, literally, just speaking to an atom, you know. Yeah. And this atom became like, and I just realised... <laughs> right, I've got to make this work. I can't mess about here. And I gave myself a 10-year plan in which to make a name for myself in the music industry as a backing singer. And I said, after 10 years, I'm going to work with the top artists. It took me 10 years. And I worked with a band called Incognito for the best part of those 10 years. Phenomenal yeah. years. Phenomenal years. Um. But in the 10th year, I got a phone call. And Stuart, this is the God's almighty truth. That in the 10th year, I got a call from the Simply Red camp. Asking me to come in to do an, uh, an audition. I got the gig. Then I got a call after that from the Roxy Reunion um, tour, asking me to join in the first Roxy Reunion tour ever. That was back in 2000. Oh, wow. Then I got another call from Simon Le Bon <laughs> calling me and saying, Sarah, we really loved what you did with Roxy Music. We'd love you to do something over in our camp because they were doing a reunion tour. Then I got another call from Simple Minds. Blimey. Oh, yeah. And I've been with them ever since. So they're my new family. Um, oh, so what do you think and- if that phone call hadn't have come, would you have done something else? Was that, a, was that a moment? No, if that phone call hadn't have come, I would have, con- I would have continued working with, there's nothing wrong with Incognito. It, Incognito was great, um, but I had reached my pinnacle within Incognito and I needed to go somewhere else. And I've, what I've learned is, you know, Stuart, you've got to be your own fan. You've got to be your biggest fan and you've got to believe in yourself. There is an imposter in many of us. Many of us have this imposter voice that says you're useless, you're no good, you're not, no one's going to buy the album, no one's interested in hearing you, Sarah, as a solo singer, no one at all. But I had to look myself in the mirror and I had to say, you know what, I had to talk to me. I had to talk to that child that was saying, you are not going to be successful with this. And I had to correct those words and say, the success starts today. 
I'm going to yeah. pick up the phone and I'm going to call a musician to come and help me. That's when the success started. And I'm still on my path of success and on my path of just bravery. And I pat myself on the shoulder every day now and I'm saying, well bloody done, Sarah, to you. Well yes. done. A little, a little girl from Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire, would have never have conjured up that I was going to work with the giants that I have worked with and that those giants were going to turn around and say to me, Sarah, you've got to do something. You have got to do this album. And we are going to be really disappointed in you if you don't do it. Amazing. All right. So what, what brought it to fruition? I mean, this has clearly been an ambition of yours for uh, presumably for a long time. Um, yeah, what, what coins the, the beginnings of, of doing your first, your first solo song? What coined it? When I started working with Incognito, funny enough, they would always say to me, Sarah, you've got to do an album. You've got to do an album. And this was you know, like early 1990s, you know. Um, wow. was yeah. Like, oh, come on. And I just couldn't feel or find the inspiration. I couldn't get, and I think I was blocked by fear. Yeah. Um, so I would get close. I would be asked, I was asked to um, feature on someone's album. And I did do a feature on this album. It was an album from a guy called James Macmillan. It was a trumpet player and he featured me on his album. Um, and then I did another album called Franklin. The band was called Franklin. And, uh, but Stuart, I was lying to myself. I was trying to formulate music that I felt people would like. Yeah. Some people can get away with that. I wasn't going to get away with it. You know? It wasn't the true you. No, it wasn't the true me. And so I tried it. I did it. It was useless. I didn't feel conviction. I didn't feel authentic. So ultimately it didn't work. Then um, the year that I worked with the Roxy reunion tour, I went on stage uh, to do a sound check and the, I heard this tinkering on the piano by Colin Good, who then was the musical director for Roxy Music. Yeah. And um, Stuart, literally, literally, the tinkering of this, this guy playing this music, I, my mouth dropped and I was transported back to 10 years old in Ellsbury at the old wooden church that my mum would drag us to every <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. The music was similar. It was exactly the same. And I felt like singing and I, I wanted to cry because something had moved in me. And here I am, I'm on an iconic stage, Roxy Music, Phil Manzanera, Andy Mackay, Brian Ferry. There are no other singers up there. I'm the only singer, Ghost in Brian. Yeah. And I'm hearing this music come out of Colin Good, tinkering on the piano of the era of Ma, Ma Rainey, Bessie Smith, that era. Yeah. And I'm like, and I know nothing about these women, by the way, know nothing about them. I just knew, knew the music. I knew that that music was making me think of being in church with the Hammond organ, piano, bass, 
um, guitar, drums, and tambourines, and these big mamas wailing at the top of their voices, singing. <laughs> I was back in church. And yeah. I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. I've got to find out what is it that he's playing. So I went to him and he educated me. He said, you know, you need to listen to Mar uh, Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, you know, this is what you need to listen to. And I, I went away in shame because I, I didn't know these yeah. people. And I think I should have, but I didn't. Um, but somehow I did because the women and men in the church that I was brought up in, listen, they were singing rock and roll. They were singing blues. Yeah. Every hymn that we sang, it was a blues. It was a rock and roll. The guitar was raging through that church. And the, <laughs> Hammond organ was screaming, you know, and Brilliant. the drums rolling all over the place. And so when I heard this music and I spoke to Colin, that was the flame that opened up my soil and exposed the seed that was buried deep inside underneath the doubt. Amazing. And I, just, I just said, no, I had to. I, there was yeah. no back from it Stuart I had to do this project so I so it took me from that point it took me about two years to muster up the courage to ask Colin Good to play on this project oh that's amazing scaredy cat I am that's how like that. I'm scaredy to take that long to have that moment and then two years feels really quite a short time to then turn it around and, and do it well I didn't do it I I, I managed to ask him uh, in two years and so that by then it was probably about oh my god it was probably about 2005 oh right okay so yeah. 2000 to 2000 and then um by 2009 or 10 i went into the studio just me and colin and we um recorded it's his eyes is on the sparrow and it's in my heart this melody of love divine and then of course i listened back to it and i didn't like it um, the way it was recorded, um, it was too quiet. Yeah. And I wanted it to have more gutso and more everything. And because of the, the child in me, the imposter, that's all I needed to hear. All I needed to hear was, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. So from 2009 to 2019, a whole time and whole wow. generation went by again. Yeah. And I did, did, I did nothing. So in 2019, I spoke to a friend of mine called Luke Smith, who's the organ player. He's, he's also on the album and a brilliant uh, piano player, organ player, worked with George Michael, worked with so many greats himself. Um, he said to me, Sarah, you have got to do this and stop making excuses. You've got to do this. You've yeah. got to go back to it complete it don't worry if no one will like it that's not the point of it the point of the exercise is to get it out of you is to face your fear and i done it i faced my fear and before i knew it i was in abbey road studio recording the nine songs on this album 10 songs on this album with with i'm on my way amazing being one of the first tracks that that, that we're going to be listening to that's brilliant. Is it? Was this one of the first tracks you you recorded, or just one of no, the first it wasn't. ones? No. no, it wasn't. It was one of the last tracks I recorded because it's such uh, a fun, happy song. Yeah, and the album is fun and happy. I deliberately wanted it to be fun and happy. I wanted it to be quite up. It's got a it's 
got a it's got a rhythm in there that I just absolutely find fun. And I just thought, you know what, Sarah, you got again, Stuart, it's about being honest. I like it. And I'm just hoping that other people will like it. I'm taking I, a chance. You know? No doubt they will. It's like you say it's got that kind of playfulness to it, that fun to it. And I think it's a real uplifting start to 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 yeah. your new your new uh, chapter so do you want to get introduce it for us and we'll give it a, a play on the radio yeah um guys this is i'm on my way my first track from the album sarah sings mahalia um which will be out later on in the year but the first track um single comes out on the 27th of january you can hear this on spotify amazon itunes um all of the digital platforms it's there for you to listen to please have a listen think of Mahalia and think of the project which is going to be in your area coming soon this is Phoenix 98 FM fantastic music from Sarah Brown I'm on my way beautiful stuff so great to hear you uh, front and center stage enjoying it thank um, you thank you obviously written uh, in honour of Mahalia Jackson. What do you think she would have made of it? Um, the, the t- I think Mahalia would have appreciated my tribute to her because what I'm saying is I'm not trying to sound like Mahalia. What I'm saying very loud and clear, especially on every interview that I have, is Mahalia Jackson inspired me to sing. And I would sing along with her from the age of six right through to where I am now. And I stopped singing along to her because I realized that there's only one Mahalia. So I stopped singing along to her by the time I was probably 25 and just sang on my own, but sang the songs that she would sing and try to give it my own spin. So, and that's what this album is about. That's what this single is about. That's what this tribute is about. The tribute is saying, Mahalia Jackson, you are the queen of gospel. You are the queen of rock and roll in America and (laughs) Europe. You've inspired me. And because of you, I've had a beautiful career. I've I've had the privilege of singing with giants like Quincy Jones, Brian Ferry, Jim Kerr. You know, and those giants have turned around, all of them have turned around and said to me, Sarah, stop wasting time. Stop being a chicken. Get out there, (laughs) grab your fear and put something out. Whatever it is, put it out there. So that's what I'm doing. There it is. We loved it. Uh, so over the years, you mentioned all the all the, the huge list of, of great people you've worked with and had the uh, that spent time with. Um I've had the pleasure already of seeing you perform with with Simple Minds. It was amazing. Um, oh, Jim Kerr oh. says he's your biggest fan. Out of all the people you've worked with and, and spent time with, um, who's the most fun to hang out with and who wouldn't you take home uh, to meet mum? <laughs> I wouldn't take home to meet mum. <laughs> so, it's definitely Brian Ferry. <laughs> definitely Brian Ferry. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I've had a good time with all the giants that I've mentioned, to be honest with you. And I've been out with them and I've, I've been, I've played privy to their insecurities and to their, to their strengths. You know, I've seen them rise up from a place of doubt and they stand in that giant place. I've I've seen it. Um, But in terms of going out socially, I've gone out socially with 
Mick Hartnell is a bit of a tiger. He's a bit of a, a dark lion there. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've had a f- not few nights of dancing way into the morning with Mick. Um, <laughs> but I think most definitely the one that I wouldn't take home to mummy. Um, there's some Brian Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so Sarah, you've got more experience than anyone uh, supporting artists, providing harmonies and backing vocals to other people. It's great to hear you center stage uh, where you belong. Is this the dawn of a new era? I think you started something. You are definitely on your well, way. You know, you know what? Everybody that I've worked for has always placed me in the center of their stage at some point throughout their uh, performance throughout the evening, yeah. uh, featured in some way. Um, I think now the only difference is that I'm I'm taking on board what they have said to me. They have said they've all encouraged me. I think they've seen it in me, and I've allowed myself. I've given myself the license to take up this mantle of bravery and do something that I believe in, that I want to do, that I want to share with people and just hope that people will tap their feet to this. You know, I want it to be just, just what it is, Stuart. It's a little gift. And, you know, when I eventually come to perform the body of work, I'm hoping to find interesting buildings to perform this body of music in because I think that's what it lends itself to, you know, it's just a bit of fun. Um, So hopefully you'll be there, Stuart, to see me. Absolutely. One of these interesting little buildings um, where we can tap our feet together to I'm on my way and to didn't it rain. Um, There's a great (laughs) track on this album. So hopefully we'll be tapping our feet together and dancing together. Sarah sings Mahalia. I can't wait to do that. So the album coming later this year. Have you have got a date lined up? Or are we still? The album is coming out later this year. I'm asking everyone to just be patient with me because the um, you've got a fair amount the, going on. The album's done and mastered, <laughs> but the the well, the Stuart, the truth is, I had no idea that the single was going to promote such happy response i had no idea that it was gonna bring such response i just had none okay and so my plan with my team was to promote the album to release the album in october of this year and so this single that we are now listening to would be the introduction just to commemorate mahalia jackson to say thank you so much for inspiring me really Thank you. And to introduce people to the fact that there is an album coming, but there's also going to be another single that to generate discussion and to let people know that there is an album coming later on in the year. But for God's sake, it's I'm absolutely I'm a bit drone now. I'm like I am. I'm going like this. <laughs> but I, I'm so surprised by the response. So our team now, my team, we're now going to be knocking our heads together on Monday to really work out, do we bring the album forward uh, through demand? Because this project isn't like an ordinary pop project. It just isn't, you know. I'm not trying to be number one anytime soon. So it's important for us to strike whilst the iron's hot. And at the moment, 
the iron is heating up. There's a lot of people <laughs> that are inquiring about the album, you know? So I don't want that to stop. And I definitely want to perform the body of works and I want you to come along. So I would say to everyone, please look at my website, www.sarahbrownofficial.com. And also check me out on Instagram, Sarah Brown Vocal, and, and on Facebook, because we'll, we will stream the information through on my platforms. Excellent. We can keep tabs on you and uh, make sure we're there front and centre for the gigs. So and you know what? Maybe, Stuart, you will have me back on your station just to highlight and promote the, the, the first gig, my first gig. Anytime. I'd love to have you back. It's been, it's been an honour to chat to you, Sarah. Good luck with it and all the rest of the tours you're doing. And uh, say hi to mum for us. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate, I appreciate this opportunity to speak to you, Stuart. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the interview, then please share it. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, then share it anyway. <laughs> for more guest interviews like this or to get the next one delivered directly to your device, subscribe to the Now You're Talking podcast. You'll find it wherever you get your podcasts from. And the whole thing has become a huge library featuring well over 150 guest interviews from music, film, comedy icons to community heroes, local legends, stars of the future, and just about everybody in between. A treasure trove of life's stories from all sorts of incredible people. So for more interviews, podcasts, videos, poems, and books, everything I do is available at stuartpink.com.